Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. Good evening, fellas. And your host, Hamish. Ham inching back to a return, one hopes. Um, but we'll crack on. So first we'll start with the uh, the review of the loss or perhaps capitulation to the Broncos last Thursday night, 36 to the Eels, 14. So six tries to three and Adam Reynolds, six from six off the boot. Eels try scorers, make a Sebo with a double, Wunga Blake with one. And then there was that weird disallowed one, um, which, you know, I guess... The, the change in obstruction changed over the weekend. Yeah, um, within, within literal games, it changed because South Sydney had a very, very similar obstruction that was deemed fair play, so go figure. Yeah, but not impacting on the result, unfortunately. It was a very wet sort of affair out there, only 11,000 in attendance. Um, so, boys, uh, Bertie, I'll start with you. I guess there's mostly negatives, but go. Um, look... I'm not so beat up on it, like, in terms of, like, how like, I'm frustrated. Because, like, legit, we didn't have the ball for 15 minutes. And I've never seen a period of football where every bounce and every deflection went through Broncos. They, they were very lucky for good stretches, which I don't want to detract from the issues that we had. But, yeah, they were very lucky. Like, I've, I've said many times, you can't win a game of football in the first 20 minutes, but you sure can lose it. And it wasn't so much off the back of our um, own doing. It was just... Like, Will Pinnacini sticks a foot out. It double ricochets off Branko Lee. He muffs it, and Gufferson, like, you know, he looks like a Bambi on ice. Like, and every pass, like, it's just it was just bad luck, and we'll just gas. There's nothing we can do about it. It, it reminded me back to the, the early days when we were getting the spoon in 2018, where we're just defending a lot, and, you know, Brad Arthur said many times, we'll just brain dead an attack. Like, there's nothing we can do. There's a couple of questionable calls in defense, but, you know, uh, we'll just gas. There's nothing we can do, and we'll just play catch-up, and then... You know, the Simbin didn't help, but then straight from the kickoff, like, you know, Wonga Blake and Sean Lane, he's a sort of fresh, he's had, a, you know, 10, 15 minutes to call out. Like, it just it just seems like nothing went our way that day, that game, even though we scored in the first five minutes. But, you know, credit to the Broncos. You make your own luck. They took full advantage. They had all the they had all the possession. They had a one-man advantage. And, yeah, just... But if I could nail one thing wrong with our season this year, it's our defense, the middle defense. It's just soft. We can run through. We can, you know, Thomas Flegler is, you know, running through us. He's, he's looking like an origin player. So we're going to find well, a way. He to... did play origin. So <laughs> Flegler, the ringer. Yeah, Flegler's played origin. I thought Carrigan was the only one that played it. No, Carrigan was the player of the series this year, but Flegler has also got origin caps. Oh, we made, we made, we made Flegler look, you know, paint Haas out there. Like it's just, it just. Then forwards, we just couldn't. We had no answer, and I don't know if you know. I don't. Know, I don't know what the answer is. I feel. I feel. I feel as though it was Reed Money at one stage, but it wasn't Reed's fault. Our uh, defense. We just can't defend at all. We're soft. Forty. Yeah, I mean, this was not a pleasant game to spectate. I was there with sixties in the stands, and we were just grimacing. Uh, it started so brightly. We got that first try, and you know, the trend has been this year. If we can get first points, we tend to build on it nicely, but unfortunately. Uh, we sort of had that string of really bad uh, bad luck go against us. And, uh, you know, we, we're used to our team being able to dig themselves at least some way out of a hole, but they didn't really want to put in the hard yards against the Broncos. And Brisbane got pretty adventurous with some opportunistic second-phase uh, play, and they got very lucky with some six-again calls from uh, balls that were deflected by a, a tackler, not necessarily being played at, but that's the way the rules work. And that obviously didn't help. But, yeah, it just felt like we didn't want to roll up our sleeves um, in the middle, we should have been more dominant. Um, I thought that Gufferson got picked apart by Adam Reynolds' kicking game. Um, he was really good at those shallow kicks, pulling Gufferson forwards, and that lack of closing speed that Guffo's got 
you know, he, he's never been a, a top-tier fullback when it comes to speed or acceleration. That's really been evident in the last couple of games, it feels like, and Adam Reynolds did a fantastic job of capitalising on that. Yeah, and so just across the park, it was frustrating. It just one of those games, and it felt like we had a little something building in the second half after we'd made that embarrassing schoolboy mistake from the kickoff that spotted the Broncos another six points. But we had something building up into that uh, one and no try where it would have bridged the gap to 12, maybe 10 points for the kick to come if we managed to ice the uh, two points from out wide. And, you know, even then it was going to be an outside task to come on top. But when that was ruled no try, that obviously snuffled out any momentum we had. And I don't know, just the, uh, the Broncos wanted the collisions more. We, we just don't seem to have the fire at the moment. And it's frustrating because I felt like the last two weeks we actually been building a little bit. But that's probably been the story since, I'd say, the Roosters win where we, we sort of look to have taken a step forwards and then we trip over something, whether it's our own shoelaces, whether it's something you know outside of our control, whether it's something that you know we have overlooked, I don't know. And it's very frustrating. Yeah, I think that sort of sums it up there, 40, the, the lack of wanting the collisions. I just thought in the middle we got rolled down the middle um, throughout the night and you already touched on uh, Gutherson at the fullback. You know, he got turned around a couple of times and... You know, in the preview, I said test testing you on the ground in the in the in goal, and I don't think we did at all. Nope. I think everyone was we, bomb. We did one where Gufferson uh, kicked ahead, and he had a chance to put him in the in goals, and missed him. And then testing you got out to like the ten meter mark. And um, yeah, that was sort of the story as uh, Broncos taking their opportunities as us not taking them. Because the real frustrating thing is, you know, straight after half time, coming out Wanga Blake dropping the ball off the kickoff, not great. Um, but then not defending those uh, errors, and that led straight to a try and put us right behind after we'd sort of build ourselves back into it at the back end of the the first half of that try just before half time. And, and you know, I just no willingness to defend our errors. And even with all of that, even though we played like uh, like pus in de- defence. We still had enough opportunities throughout the game to be pretty close to the Broncos. Um, and that's the frustrating thing throughout the year is that, you know, you just see those glimpses, those patches of really good form, but it's just not consistent over uh, week to week and let alone um, within 80 minutes of football. Yeah, it, and it's so hard to put a finger on what's gone wrong because it feels like it's a different plot. Like that week we'd spent uh, in camp on the Central Coast which is also different to the the preparation for some of the other games where we've also stumbled. So I don't really know if the play. I mean, we, we've had Craig Bellamy come out this week and flat out say he doesn't know what's wrong with Melbourne. So maybe it's a similar case for the Eels. They're trying different things and nothing's quite sticking. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And the only thing I will say is, and I hope, I hope it's not true because it's uh, not great given that we shouldn't be underestimating the Brisbane Broncos, but... It feels eerily similar to round eight and round nine early this year where we played the, the North Queensland Cowboys up in Darwin. And at that point, they, they were sort of like a, a rising team. There were still question marks about whether they were fully legit, but they were pretty hot. And we ended up getting whooped there, as we all know. But the following week was a short turnaround on Penrith. And the question that we all leveled at the time was, were they having half an eye on Penrith? Like, did we sort of take the Cowboys for granted to an extent? And lo and behold, here we are on a short week or relatively short week, seven to seven-ish days, up against the Penrith Panthers again after taking on another Queensland team. Is that the case where we've sort of said, oh, well, we can deal with the Broncos by playing at, you know, 80% or whatever it is, and here are the Panthers next week, and they're the big deal? I don't, look, yeah. I don't know. If that's the case, then that's just um, a poor attitude at the club. Like, you can you can argue like Cowboys. Like I was writing Cowboys off up until that point. I thought they just had a lucky draw and schedule. 
but we've known Broncos. We've you know they've talked about how good they are. They've got Origin players. Adam Reynolds is at the buy of the year. So like, I'm not too shocked. I, look, no one should be shocked that the Broncos are doing well. This is round whatever it's eighteen or whatever it is. You know, seventeen, whatever it is. Like, this isn't like the first couple of months. This is you know three, four months. This is post Origin. This is where the season kicks off. You know, you know everyone's Origin's done with. Everyone's back to normal. Like. I don't think they were looking forward to the Panthers game. You know, it's another seven day. I just feel as though they just thought they just thought they'll run, they'll roll, they'll roll them, and they'll you know they'll break or something, and just old habits or something. And I don't know. Like it'd be interesting. You know, if we come out and beat Panthers this week, then you'd probably say that. But if that's the case, and that's just poor um, attitude. I don't, I don't disagree, Bertie, but I don't know. Just it feels like history repeating itself to an extent. I don't know. Yeah, we seem to like to to match up to those big games, but the, the real unfortunate thing is that you know that was a real good opportunity to to jump up into fourth position. Yeah, position. as it turns out, the results on the weekend heavily favoured us outside of the the debacle that was North Queensland versus West Tigers, which uh, would have also played heavily into our favour. And instead, we're the ones looking from the outside in on the top four. Exactly right. Being leapfrogged by Souths now, and Souths got a pretty tough run, a tough run home rather. Um, but looking at their form, you know they're coming into form at, at the right end of year, whereas again up and down we are again, um, which is quite frustrating. And you know the team, it just seems like uh, to Bertie's point, they've had their eye on the finals all of this year because you know they were within um, a couple of things outside of their control of uh, of potentially beating Penrith um, last year in that. Uh, second week of the finals, and it seems like they've just been waiting to get back to that point. But, you know, we're only four points inside um, the top eight, so we can easily be caught um, if we don't get our shit together in the last seven weeks. I have a theory. I don't know. This is just me, you know, spinning a negative into a positive. What if, like, realistically, um, look, if they give us their four best games of the season in the finals, then all is forgotten, essentially. But... We're going to get to the finals first. Like, we're not guaranteed to play finals. So maybe they're just literally in cruise control and just doing the bare minimum. Like, um, who was it? Like, uh, like certain like athletes, you know, or sprinters, they just do enough to get away from a person if they're chasing them. Like, I feel as though we're just doing enough. And uh, look, if they give us, as I said, if they give us their four best games in the finals, all is forgiven. And, you know, we're going to say what a genius Brad Arthur is. But, like, this whole, because, like, this whole adage, like, we haven't played our best football, you know, when are you going to, when are you going to play it? When are you going to start giving us your complete 80 minutes performance? So. That's what I'm thinking, but... We're hoping this weekend, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get your point, though, Bertie. It's just such inconsistency week to week, game to game, within games. Um, you, can't, you can't explain it. Like, how do you beat Penrith, right? And, and in the Penrith game, we had no ball, no possession, no territory. We still beat them. Like, how do you beat them? How do you beat Storm, who fully fit that, that game? And then you give us this performance and you give us the Bulldogs' performance. Like, I don't understand. It's like... This isn't like... Consi- oh, I don't know. It's just... It's mental, I reckon. Or, you know, it's in the heads, I reckon. Yeah, we've been talking about getting a sports psychologist. I said to my dad over the weekend, I said, forget the sports psychologist. Get the young priest and the old priest. We need to exercise something out of this team. Um, all right, well, unfortunately, maybe we'll wrap it up there before we uh, we bleed on for too long. Um, and hey, good news, an- good news. Uh, the New South Wales Cup won by not playing. They moved into the top four due to results going their way uh, in the reserves. So... You know, sometimes inertia can be a great thing. Yeah, I was about to say, unfortunately, there wasn't any other football to uh, to take our minds off it over the weekend, but uh, I guess results have fallen our way in those competitions. And there was enough uh, dross in some of the other uh, games to, to really round it out. Um, wow, what about that Cowboys-West Tigers game? Have, have the NRL come out yet, and, and are they still backing up the decision? So, Graham Manning, we had his Monday morning debrief, 
and it was as big a train wreck as you'd expect to know in the NRL. And essentially, he, he sort of hand-waved the ability to challenge the core as, uh, yeah, we know it's not written in the rules explicitly, uh, and even though the actual challenge rules stipulate that you can only challenge a core from a referee that will result in a set restart, not as in like a, a set, set, necessarily a set of six restart, but there is an actual restart of play. Uh, so from a, a you know dead ball set restart and he, you know, which is not the case of full time, right? There is no resumption of play; it's full time. But his his argument was that when the referee blows his whistle, you know, they do that like the multiple whistles. The first whistle is to signify time off, but not the conclusion of the game. And with that first whistle, you can have a challenge. So you're literally making up stuff as they go. Uh, and then went on to say that it was in their view that while the challenge was correct in being able to challenge it the actual decision was incorrect. So, which then levies the question of, well, why can't you reverse the result? Because that was literally the end of the game. But uh, here we are with West Tigers still, you know, holding a spoon provisionally and the Cowboys two wins ahead of us uh, instead of just one. Amateur hour, legit. Like they said, there's no black and white rule. Like this reminds me when they first brought in the captain's challenge or when they had the video referee where they rule a try and they had the time wasted go off and then when they resumed, the time was still missing. Like, they, it's like this, they don't plan this. Like, what do they do in the offseason? Like, they're going to have scenarios. Like, you know, we, like, NRL players and teams have, like, um, game scenarios or game situations, whatever. They should have it. Like, what if they say, what if there's, like, one second on the clock? Like, it's it, they're so reactive and not proactive. Like, there's, what do they do in the offseason? Like, they're not practicing these rules? Like, like I just, I don't get how that, and he says there's no black and white rule regarding um, the stoppages. Like, look, I feel as though they were, they're never going to admit a team was robbed. They'll never admit. They'll just say a decision was was wrong. They're never going to admit that, and they're just digging their hole. Like they're just such amateurs, man. Really amateurs. Yeah, and um, from my point of view, I thought it was a hilarious that they were able to review the actual or challenge the actual call, and the call itself was terrible because uh, Talangi, I think it is, because I know there's also the Talangi for the Cowboys, but Kelma, the one for the Tigers, never looks at. Kyle Felt maintains, he, he runs as the crow flies towards where the trajectory of the ball is going to land, which is his entitlement as the on the, being on the receiving team. And if anything, Kyle Felt deviates from his line in order to run into uh, yeah. into Tulangi, which we've seen with Blake Ferguson at Parramatta, is a penalty against the kicking team. Blake has taken out guys like that before when he was wearing blue and gold, and we got penalized. So, I don't know. Like just, pretty much, Klein, Klein is saying from like to the defending team, or the team receiving it, Hey, you gotta stand still. You can't move because if you move into someone and they bump into them, um, you're uh, you, you're pretty much denying them the opportunity. It's just so stupid, legit. Like we got a guy taking a dive and smiling after. Like he's lost all credibility. People calling him a hero for that grand final try he scored. He literally fell in. Essentially, it was like, oh, the biggest thing for the re- for the game is that Klein has been hailed internally by based on who they appoint to the biggest games as their best ref for a while now. And he has been. I mean, obviously, we on the podcast have never been huge fans of his the way he calls games for a long time but this year it feels like he's been off the deep end of some of his stuff in the bunker and on the field and that just came to a, a big uh, front against the Cowboys there so he had a bad week and even the game he was refereeing the Panthers game like he called that try for Matt Moylan you know it was debatable whether he got it then you had the Finucane incident like he has had a shocking weekend weekend at Bernie's not good for him <laughs> right well not too much news in the Eels land, so let's jump into some previews starting at Kelly. Well, actually, it'll be the day after, but uh, we'll start with the jersey flag in any event. Uh, Saturday, 30 July, 1pm, Eels taking on the Panthers. Uh, so here, 
they have a chance to um to jump up into into the top eight, do they, or are they getting pretty close? They were before. I didn't look what the buy did for us in the Jersey flag, but they were in ninth, I want to say, heading oh, into the buy. So oh, once again, buy. yeah, we had another good result there. Manly dropped a spot there. So our superior for and against, and Manly still have a buy in hand, so we have to make sure we win that game uh, that we have to play out. But, yeah, our superior for and against carrying us there against Manly, negative 12 to negative 61. So, yeah, but uh, Penrith, we used to have been on top in this grade, aren't we, Hamish? But they're in the lowly position of fourth. Yeah, and they're 10 points back. The Roosters there are, are mirroring the Penrith in first grade and just have a runaway lead. Yeah, which three, be caught. three wins clear. Then it takes some sort of meltdown to get run down by the Knights at this point. Yeah, so we're expecting uh, good things from the Eels here or will be uh, up, down, up, down, up, down. Hadn't, the team ha- when I did my team list blog for TCT, the team hadn't been posted. So let me just see if we've actually got a team list now. Oh, we do. Okay, so Fanning at fullback, you've got Terrell Williams and Common Life in the wings. That's probably one of our better pairings there. Lockie Blackburn and Jabril Kalachi in the centres is also good. So we're backing up with the uh, halves pairing that we had against uh, – who did we play before the bye? Uh, we beat Cronulla. We thrashed Cronulla. Uh, so Mac Puafisa is someone we've picked up from the Tigers, I think, and he played with Ethan Sanders that game, so they're holding them together there. And then otherwise, it looks like a largely unchanged team, if a completely unchanged team against a team that rolled the Sharks. Uh, going the young in the front row of Pete Tateo and Larry Maragatutia. Uh, you got some solid plays on the edges in Jones and Skinner. A bit of gumption there. And then on the bench, it's good to see Jacob Davis getting a bit of an extended run there. A young dummy half that we brought from Newcastle, I believe, this year. And it uh, looks like he's starting to make that step up into the flag. Also good to see Saxon Pryke, who was the SG ball captain this year, starting to solidify himself in this grade. So, yeah, it's uh, probably one of the – I'd say one of the better all-around teams we've put in this grade. No Sam Loizu, who is not cited in the cup list either, so I'm not sure what's going on there. No Tony Matelli, who is playing New South Wales Cup. So a couple of big outs there, but otherwise this is a good team. I think the good things over Penrith. Um, all right, well, let's jump into the next, which is reserve grade, knock-on effects, New South Wales Cup, Friday, 29 July, 5.30pm. The curtain raiser at Combank Stadium, fourth taking on second. Um, so having a look there, Jake Arthur returns at half and Solomoni Naiduki, he returns on the wing following his uh, out from um, uh, judiciary reasons. Um, there'll be, you'll get a view of Jermaine Hopgood as well. Uh, the yeah, good call. Uh, but the, the Panther, rather, who will be coming to the Eels next year. Hopefully, well, hopefully, maybe this year. Uh, if this, this might be his last game as a Panther if we, we were keen on bringing him over earlier. Yeah, so um, if you're going to get out there on Friday night, uh, it's well worth your time to get out there a little bit earlier and um, see some of the Eels in action, but also some uh, soon-to-be Eels in action. Yeah, Jake Arthur, a big return for this grade. The team's been a bit listless without him in the halves. Uh, they've been okay between the 20s, but once we get into the red zone, there is a pretty obvious lack of direction and uh, helmsmanship from a you know a primary playmaker. So that's obviously going to be big for the team. Um, probably notable here, Brendan Hands has seemingly jumped Mitch Rain in hierarchy at dummy half. He gets his first start over Rain when both players have been fit, if I'm not mistaken, this year. He's primarily been the number 14 otherwise. So that's a significant moment there. And did we talk about Tom Opajic in the back row? No. Not yet. Yeah, so there you go. Tom Opachik. They've the Eels probably had a bit of a problem this year where they've had, you know, more than five healthy backs that they might want to pick at a given time and that's uh been alleviated somewhat by the backline crisis we had earlier this year, but now with Opachik back in the grade, they've had to find a way to get him into the team without, you know, losing out on guys like Seedy and Perham who've been really good as well as Russell who are someone they want to keep developing. 
and they've put him into the back row as a result, it looks like. Yeah, so again, hopefully, hoping rather to get over the top in this grade. Uh, just looking at the Penrith lineup, there isn't a lot of first graders. Yeah, there's there. the other Crichton that's played a little bit of first grade, mostly at Canterbury. Um, Sunia Taruva was the fullback for Fiji that dazzled in the rep round, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but he's back in the centres in this grade. Uh, Sonny Luke's obviously played a little bit of first grade this year. Chris Smith has played a little bit. Obviously, Jermaine Hopgood's played a small amount. So, yeah, this this probably isn't Penrith. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but this maybe isn't Penrith's strongest lineup in this grade, or at least they're not as dominant as they have been in recent seasons. Yeah, so hoping we can uh, get up in this grade and um, let's see where we finish on the ladder if we were to win. And that would get us up to Bulldogs, but and one win they've got Penrith. a superior differential. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there is a bit on, a, on the line here in terms of, you know, climbing up to the top four. We're probably not catching Newtown at this point, who have beaten us in both the games we played them in, played against them this year, which is probably the difference in terms of, you talk about the plus two minus two would have on the ladder. But beating the Panthers here gives us a chance of catching up to them if we keep winning and they drop another game. That's right. All right, well, let's jump into first grade, uh, which uh, we've got a couple of Friday night games coming up. Um, it's um, so. all Thursday and Friday night games except for one game for the remainder of the year, like even backdated to the uh, Warriors game. All we do is playing primetime football after not playing any of it in the first half of the year. Yeah, and we'll want to, you know, turn it up. Um, it's not great to be embarrassing on, uh, no, so. on the main channels. So let's uh, – Eels in seventh taking on Penrith, who are far out uh, – in first position, 7.55pm, Friday 29th July at Combank Stadium. So looking at some ins and outs there, there's a lot for Penrith, um, a fair few for us as well. But let's start with Penrith's lineup, which will see Dylan Edwards at fullback on the wings, Taylor May, Brian Toll in the centres, Isaac Targo, Robert Jennings, 5'8", is Sean O'Sullivan, Nathan Cleary, captain and a halfback, and in the forwards you've got Matt Eisenhuth, James Fisher-Harris, Appy Corusau at hooker. Second row is Kikau, Liam Martin, Lockie Sazayo. Interchange bench, Jamin Salmon, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Linu, and Charlie Staines. Then their extended bench is Taruva, Smith, Smith, Thomas Jenkins, and Moses Leoda. Then for the Eels at fullback and captain, Clint Gutherson on the wings, Sivo and Bailey Simonson in the centres, Penasini and Blake. In the halves, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses. Forwards are RCG, Junior Paulo and Reed Money at hooker. Second row is Sean Lane, Isaiah Papali'i, Ryan Madison at lock. Uh, the bench is Makahesi Makatoa, Bryce Cartwright, Oregon Kafusi, Murata Nikore. Then the extended bench is Jake Arthur, Ophihigi Ogden, Kai Rodwell, Tom Opacich and Sean Russell. Uh, match officials, Todd Smith is the main judge, Matt Nguyen and Casey Badger are the touch judges and Grant Atkins is the uh, senior review official. All right, uh, Bertie. Oh man, it's, it's going to be tough. Like You look at Panthers weakness, Like who's their weakness like? Um, maybe Robert Jennings, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, I, I just, I'm struggling for answers, I feel as though we just got to go set for set, you know, no, no point um, uh, targeting the weeks, just go set for set, um, try to give him cheap possessions, because let's be honest, Pan- Panthers game is based on, um, uh, you know, high high possession rate, you know, you look at the origin, in their players were like struggling in defense, so we've got to, you know, just, don't, don't stick a leg at it. I, I'm, I'm invoking a no charge down and no deflection rule. Like, legit, don't do a charge down. Don't Unless it's a field goal, don't do it. Don't give him <laughs> cheap sets and guffo, man. I don't know what he has to do, but get your better positioning because, you know, he's getting found out quite a bit. He doesn't have the speed to get back there, but 
you know, our forwards will like as always lay the platform, but um, you know, we need we need our backs to help us this time. We need you know we need Sivo, we need Sivo, we need all our backs to run for a hundred yards. In my opinion, you know, our wingers have to get plenty of yardage and get us you know plenty of football. So I just you know every game we say we're confident, but this game like you know if we lose, I wouldn't be surprised. But just don't get flogged. That's all I care about. Forty. Yeah. Well. I mean, I'm I'm reasonably confident we'll be up for this game. I think if anything this year has shown that we have gone out of our way to be up for these sort of clashes, Melbourne, Penrith, the Roosters. So I'm expecting us to come out and, you know, really tear in weather pending. Obviously, if it's absolutely pelting down, it's going to change the algorithm a little bit. But I expect us to be fired up for this game. Um, and I think we'll just go – we'll go back to the well. We'll go to the blueprint that we showed against them in round nine where – we weren't don't like we weren't dominating the game for the first forty or fifty minutes. Penrith really, you know, had us hemmed in our own half, but we were resolute. We defended strongly. We got for our carries coming out of our end and let Mitchell Moses get you know some real height and length on those kicks, and we clawed our way back into the game. I think likewise, Sean Lane and Ice going to be important. I think that those two edge run forwards there will be difference makers in this game. Um, we've already talked about both of them a lot this year. Ice has just built fantastically on his DLEM player or positional award of the year last year really strongly, whereas Lane is just quietly having a career year that it feels like a lot of fans aren't really talking about. And he was pivotal in our first game against them. So, yeah, I expect them to be difference makers. And I think we've already talked about it, but it's going to come down to the spine, uh, the spine and the middle, whether the middle can hold out and, and you know, go hammer and tongs against that fancied and understandably fancied Penrith pack. And then if our playmakers primarily Marnie and Gufferson, the two have been struggling this year, if they can come to the table and, and you know, just give us options outside of Moses and Dill. So that's what it's going to be, at least in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. The halves, that, that's a good shout-out there, 40. Uh, we know what sort of uh, game Penrith like to play. I think we saw it against the Sharks last week. You know, they were down two tries to nothing, and then they just grit and ground their way back into that game and came over the, pot, uh, over the top scoring, what was it, like 20-something unanswered points. Yep. Um, so you know the sort of team you're coming up against. You know the fight that you're going to be in for. But if Parramatta have shown anything this year for these teams against, uh, sorry, for these matches against teams up the top that love to grit and grind, um, you know we really take it as a challenge. Um, and we're stuck there with Penrith, stuck there with uh, Melbourne earlier in the season. Now it's uh, here to see whether or not we can do that at the back end of the season leading into the finals. Um, as much as we were, we're we're down on them at the moment for their inconsistency. I guess the one consistent thing is they've shown up for these sorts of games throughout the season. Um, yeah, like, look, we haven't played them at Combank um, for a long time. I think the last time we played them was when that Wonga Blake owned um, Stephen Crichton game. So they, they like, you know, just, look, if they don't win, it's okay. As long as they give 100%, you know, they they owe the fans, to be honest, from from last week's performance. So if this been a sellout, I believe, you know, just give the fans um, your best performance, you know. If you get beat so what by the better team, I'm I'm okay with that. Just don't just don't fold, you know, like I want that scramble defense, you know. I want um you know, just you know, even if you have to kick early, kick early just just change change momentum, you know, there's no point um doing the same thing over and over. Just you know, try something as well, you know. Um we tried a couple short kick out uh, short dropouts, but um yeah, we're gonna put pressure on um on Cleary. You know, tackle him try and tackle him um on fourth and just leave it up to uh Sean Sullivan to do all the decisions. But other than that, um yeah, just give us give us your best performance. Yeah, it's a good shout there, Bertie. That kick pressure on um, Cleary we saw in Origin, that, you know, cutting down his time with the ball, uh, it really has a negative effect on his kicking game. So um, if not, he'll just uh, pin you down at your end the whole of the 
the half, and he, and he doesn't have his PIC in the halves, although, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's sitting there? He's been a handy fill-in. Sorry, say that again. Sorry, did you call Luai a piece of crap? I like that. No, no I said partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> Selective hearing there, Bertie. Uh, you heard what you wanted to hear. Oh, man, I think 99% of you know the rugby league ward thinks he's a piece of crap, so, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, now we need to um, to really step up um, to get over the top. All right, Bertie, uh, first try score, eventual score. Yeah, I'm gonna go first try score. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Mitchell Moses, and he, he. This is where the kicker is coming from. I think Dylan Brown will kick for Mitch Moses. And they they did win. that against the Broncos. It nearly worked. Just there was a little bit too much uh, shiracha on the kick. Yeah, so uh, I just feel as though um, you know uh, Dylan Brown might. This might be a Dylan Brown game, you know, break not breakout game, but he might control. He might be the difference maker. Um, look, I'm confident that we might win 20 to 18, but man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough. And um, yeah, 40. So Mitchell, oh, so. I was going to say Mitchell Moses first try score, and uh, yeah. Um, oof, I mean, yeah, it's a, like Bertie said, this is a tough one. Um, first try scorer is so hard to go away from our left edge. We've just been playing our best football down that side. We saw Micah cross first uh, in the most recent game. Um, will it be Micah again? Maybe not. But then again, I feel like against Penrith, one of the ways we always tend to get at least one try game is we kick to the right edge. Someone taps it back. The ball hits the deck. We pick it up and dive over in the corner. I feel like we've done that a couple of times now. So maybe. Yeah, Murata special. Maybe. Yeah, that, Murata's done it 100%. Um, and I think Will Penasini might have done it too. Uh, so maybe I will go with Will Penasini to pick up the uh, Will Penasini or obviously Ice is on that edge too. So one of those two, which is a bit of a cheating thing, but I am giving some more context to how they're going to score. So one of those two. Margin, yeah. I mean, as much as I would love to absolutely put the cleaners through Penrith, that just seems like an impossibility at this stage. I will tip a tight win, maybe 21-20. Right, well, I had us down for 20 to 18, and first try scorer, I am going to go with Dillbags over on that left edge. All right, well, um, that just about wraps us up there. Um, the only other thing, it's women in leagues round, so get out there, support mums, sisters, all the other denominations that uh, a woman might fit in. Um, and uh, uh, wear your pride jersey if you're a Manly fan. Hey, how, I mean, how great is it that they've actually sold out of pride jerseys as like a positive backlash to everything that's happened? So that's uh, one of the good things. You're saying it. next year there's going to be a pride round, man. Seriously, we're going to have uh, half the league out or something. It's just, uh, just grow up. I, th- I, th- I think it's a it's a minority. <laughs> Wasn't it that was a Macklemore like about five years ago? Yeah, he played at the grand final. Grand final like, yeah. yeah, so so and like I mean, obviously there's we don't want to get into it, but there's a whole list of reasons as to why it's a bit of a head scratcher when you know you've got. Drinking or alcohol and gambling sponsorships prevalent through the game, and then you know all, all the stuff with tattoos as well. It's kind of like uh, this is where you want to draw the line. This I mean, is where you I want mean, to. I mean, in that team, they've got an alleged look, alleged, alleged woman basher. So if you know, if you want to go to battle for him and not the others, it's just, it's just stupid, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, we'll go Parramatta this Friday and uh, also Saturday for the Jersey flag. Uh, hopefully we can turn around the results from last week, but if this year is anything to go by, we're up for a big or at least a close win over Penrith uh, following a disappointing game last week. Yes, sir. Cheers.